louder than life. The biggest rock festival in America is back with the loudest lineup ever. Foo Fighters. Green Day. Tool. Avenged Sevenfold. Godsmack. Pantera. Queens of the Stone Age. Limp Bizkit. Plus, Weezer, Megadeth, Turnstile, Rancid, Falling in Reverse, 311, Pierce the Veil, Run the Jewels, Corey Taylor, Coheated Cambria, and so many more. 100 bands over four days in Louisville, Kentucky, September 21st through the 24th. Get your passes on sale now at LouderThanLifeFestival.com. Foo Fighters, Green Day, Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Godsmack, and more. The biggest rock festival in America. Louder Than Life. What's up, everybody? This is Sam with Rowdy Alternative. I'm here with Jarrett Reddick, also known as Jarrett Ray Reddick, uh, lead singer for Bowling for Soup, obviously, and also he's doing a lot of other stuff, to be honest with you, which we'll hit on. <laughs> How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Um, I, I never really know how to introduce myself anymore because really all I'm doing is going by my full name now uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> But it's so funny because I. Over the years of Bowling for Soup, I used a fake name, and then I didn't use a last name, and then I, now I'm then I used my real name, and so uh, I guess if I'm ever wanted for murder, there will be tons of aliasing. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be good then, I think. Yeah, man, I should be. Uh, yeah, I, it's just I, you know the mistake I made was using Jarrett every time. <laughs> <laughs> Not really gonna get away too much. Yeah, just say go by Jerry or something. I don't know. Right, Gerald. Jared, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I've been called all my life anyway. Like, nobody ever nailed it. So, um, and it most substitute teachers would call me Janet. Oh, wow. You know, so, yeah. Just, uh, and, you know, and in fourth grade, that's hilarious. Sure. All the other kids. <laughs> um, well, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see you guys are uh, about to kick off a big old tour. Yeah. Um, you know, we um, we were fairly busy. Um, in the sp- in the first of the summer, over doing the um, and we're talking bowling for soup, we were over, you know doing the European tour uh, festivals and stuff, <clears throat> and then I pretty much just been doing country for the rest of the summer. I got two more country shows uh, this weekend coming up, and then I'll be in Bowling for Soupville for quite a while. Um, we're doing a tour called Getting Old Sucks, which was a song off of our off of our last record and. Um, yeah, it should be good. I mean, it's been a while since we've been out on the road in, in the U S it's been about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, it's, we're, we're long overdue. Yeah. Right on. I guess the, I was wondering when I was going through, I was going through like your recent, you know, recent Bowling for Soup news and whatnot for this. And I was, it came to mind, I was thinking like, what is from when you guys first started or when you're, you know, like when, uh, you had like a hangover we don't deserve came out or around that time to now, what is the biggest change? that's the most obvious to you when on the road, like what, 
What's yeah. the hardest yeah. thing to deal with or the best thing to deal with? Some, anything like that? I mean, the, the, first of all, you know, in those days, we didn't have families. And, and uh, so really, it was just, you know, the first 10 years or so, it was really just go. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really have a whole lot of reason to come home, you know. And then uh, I had my first kid, 2003, and, and so that changed a lot of things. Um, but really, technology has just made things so much easier. I mean, I was actually just doing an interview yesterday, and I, and I, I was talking about, you know, the dream was always to get on a tour bus. And the problem is, is that when you, when you got on a tour bus, and two, you know, which our first one was 2003, so 20 years ago, you know, your bus driver drives you to where you're going and then he leaves. He, he goes to his hotel. That's his job. He sleeps until it's time to drive you again. He's done with it. So you're stuck where you're stuck. And so before the days of Uber and Uber Eats and, you know, those things to, to be able to get something, you know, if you were in the middle of nowhere, you were in the middle of nowhere, you know. And so we sort of missed the van, being able to just jump in the van and go where we wanted to. So, um you know, that, I think that's the biggest change too, and obviously, cell phones <laughs> are nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet to have um, be able to call home when we want to, and you know those things. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's you know obviously it's a big big change over the last thirty years, um, and ninety uh, percent of it for the better. Yeah, no, I could imagine with uh, you know technology, everything, of course, for better or for worse more technology yeah. could be good, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, definitely better when you're out on the road, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes when you're at home, you sort of wish, and, you know, I mean, you know, I'm still in that, that mode of, of really trying to keep my social media presence going and trying to make sure that I'm doing enough. And, you know, I hate the fact that if, if I haven't done a two or three TikTok videos in a day, <laughs> that it's a stress point for me, but, you know, I mean, that's just part of the gig. You know, it it uh, it used to. That's the thing. That's one of the negatives of technology. That wasn't a factor in two thousand three. When you got home, you were just home. You know, you had to answer MySpace messages or whatever. But, you know, yeah, uh, it's um, it, it, you know that that part. But I, I'll take the good with the bad on the, on all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the thing about you guys is that. You could go back and watch videos or read articles, look at pictures from back to the beginning, and you all have seemed very close. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, is that, yeah. like, so saying that, when you go on tours like these, um, and like you said, you have families, you have your own stuff to deal with, like, is it still mm-hmm. like that same camaraderie as it was from at the beginning? Yeah, it's funny. We were, uh, we were sitting and eating uh, at a show in Germany, uh, sorry. You're good. Been a long day. Uh, we were sitting at lunch, um, all at the same table in this big room full of other tables. Um, and, uh, Chris from less than Jake walked in, we were in Germany and he just goes, Oh my God, you guys still sit together when you eat. And it's like, we do, we're always together. We do the same things on days off We're you know, like if somebody else doesn't want to do it, then we don't do that. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's a big part of our band. Um, a really big part of it is the closeness of us, but not just us. I mean, you know, our, a lot of our crew have been with us 20 years, 10 years. You know? Okay. Um, so it's, it's a big family, but, but closer than family, you know, we're, um, we're, uh, 
we enjoy being around one another. We look forward to it. And yeah, we sit together when we eat lunch. And so uh, not all bands do that. And, and that's fine. A lot of, you know, we see a lot of bands come through and they're everybody on days off, they go do their own thing. And, and that, that's, that's cool too. It just, uh, you know, we have found each other's company to be, uh, it's, it's still, it's still like that, you know, still fun. Good. Um, cause like, so I'm 25. I grew up listening to you just like everyone my age did. Um, yeah. so, um, and it's kind of weird to see, and obviously I'm sure you've seen it, this big resurgence of yeah. pop punk, like anything of that ill, even like pop artists, like Olivia Rodrigo is very big right now. And yeah. And she even has, I could even sense some of that in her music and she's on like all the top 40 stations. Uh, right. so from your point of view, like, what do you think of that? Or like, how, when did you realize that was coming back? You know, it, it always sort of ebbs and flows. I mean, I think that's that's just one of the. Th- I'm I'm glad that 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 are a lot of people don't like to put labels on things. I'm glad that our genre has a label. You know, the the pop punk thing because to me it's like '80s hair metal. You know, yeah. it's like and probably that's probably what your parents listen to, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know that goes in, in waves into '90s country. You know, though that goes in waves. It's like '80s hip hop. It goes in waves and you know, grunge will probably have a weird comeback at some point. And so um, once you get to the point where we're at now, where it's like it's been long enough to where like a whole generation has gone, come and gone, now you have new artists that are coming out and they're adapting to the genre. And it's awesome. I mean, you know, I there's a lot of people who will talk negatively about a, a Machine Gun Kelly or a Mod Sun or Olivia Rodrigo, like any of any of those things. I mean, for me, it's such a positive thing. It's like I, I love the fact that a kid that's listening to MGK will, you know, if he go, if he lasts on a playlist for twenty songs, he's going to hear nineteen eighty five or High School Never Ends. Yeah, I like that, you know. And I also like what the genre has done. It's reached out and pulled some people in that really weren't a part of it. You know, there's the, like like the Avril Lavines of the world really weren't. I mean, that, she was a pop artist who like had a skateboard in a video, you know, but that, but because it's the lines get blurred with time, she's the queen of pop punk and I'm fine with that. You know, I, I think that's great. I, I like her music. I think, you know, she's worked with a lot of my friends. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it can't be, it's, it's nothing but good for me. You know, um, I, Machine Gun Kelly comes out and tears up the charts and my streaming numbers are up. So I, you know, it's not all financial for me. I just like the attentiveness of the audience. You know, I like that, you know, that Simple Plan and Newfound Glory and All American Rejects and Sum 41 and Offspring and, and Bowling for Soup and Mest and Blink-182, we're all out on the road right now. Yeah. And, you know, and and all of our biggest hits were in the 2000s. Yeah. You know, there's, a, you know, with exception of possibly we'll see what happens with Blink-182, but... For the rest of us, the days of hits are over. Yeah, and have been for quite some time. Um, so it's it's cool. I, I I love the fact that the genre has this longevity. Right, and you mentioned the ebbs and flows of it because uh, obviously yeah. tr- there's always trends. Everything's trending. It goes down, goes up, like you said. And you said also said that days of hits are over. Is that right. how is is that hard to accept? when you realize that it's like that and how do you ride that trending wave over the years? It's not really hard to accept because it really wasn't something that we set out to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, the fact that, you know, hit started in 2003 and went through about 2007 
when we got dropped from Jive Records in 2009, it was very apparent that that and by that by that time, we really knew what the score was. I mean, the kind of radio that played us had really really moved into like an urban sort of uh, what they call rhythmic um, kind of sound, and so there just was nothing that sounded like us on the radio anymore. It just wasn't a thing. And so I, it, it didn't even, it's so really it, it, it's not something that I, I ever dwelled on like, Oh, we'll never have another hit. It was just like, Oh, you know, like those days are over. What do we go to now? Thank goodness. Like, you know, now we have the internet and we have social media. We have all these other avenues that really to me are way more specific and, and you know, with, I, I realize there's speed bumps, but you can you can sort of control it, and you can get things to your audience. It takes a lot of work and sometimes money, but you can. And you know, sometimes being on the radio on a radio station didn't necessarily mean that you were going to do well in that market. You know, we were we we would you know be number two on the countdown in Wichita, Kansas, and go to Wichita, Kansas, and four people would show up at the show. You know, so um, it it never hits didn't really drive the band. So it really wasn't a thing of, of uh, you know, it, it just, you know, those days, those days of us, of it being our time are just behind us. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you never know. I mean, it does just take one song. Any of the bands that I mentioned could have another one. I doubt very seriously any of the bands that I miss, mentioned besides <laughs> Blink-182 think they're going to have another hit. Yeah. But, I don't know. You know, I, d- I don't, uh, that's not something we speak about when we have coffee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to bring that up, but right. yeah, it, you, yeah, you mentioned some earlier. It's a shame that they're calling it, you know, I, I'm yeah. sure they have reasons, but like still, yeah. you know, I'm actually seeing, I'm seeing them in like two weeks, I think with the offspring. Now that I, I great show offspring, simple plan, some 41. Mm-hmm. It's a great shot. They, they came here and unfortunately I wasn't able to go. A bunch of my friends went and, uh, you know, all those bands are my boys, um, you know, and, and I, I really do like to see bands continue to go. I do understand some 41, you know, they've all got wives and kids and maybe just pl- other plans, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, they've been, th- you know, Derek's been through a lot health wise and, uh, you know, y- you just never know. I honestly do not know the specifics of, of what's, of, of why everybody's got guesses, but. You know, I uh, I can I can certainly understand wanting to go out on top. Yeah, and um, and like some bands, like you're alluding to, like they just have to call it quits sometimes. And like you see it, yeah. it a lot with the hair metal bands, like um, one hundred percent, like Rat is one that comes to mind. Like they become, I believe it's called legacy bands. That's the yeah. nice term for it. A lot of people just say, oh, another tribute band. But what's your what do you think about that? Like if a band like. Do you, a lot of people say it's usually split in half? Oh, it's a ripoff, or oh, it's I don't care. I personally don't care. But what do you think about right. that? About about which part of that? What? About the legacy thing? Yeah, like if what do, you uh, do you if you'd like to answer that? Do you think it it's more of like okay, this is kind of just a money grab, you going under the name? Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I I just think that you should. I think that you should you should make music as long as you want to make music and as long as it makes sense. You know, I, I I've seen some bands that I really really looked up to in the eighties. Uh, you know, over the course of time, that play to very small crowds, and it, it's sort of it's it's sort of hard to listen to and hard to watch. You know, 
you can almost just, but, but you know, it's the Brett Favre effect, you know, it's <laughs> like, gosh, how do you really know when it's time? You yeah. know, like you, you could be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. You could go out there and it could, it could start back up again. And it sort of does for bands like Skid Row, yeah. you know, who are like, you know, they, 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 that band has had such major dips and, and all of those things. And, and now I look at the crowds they're playing in front of it and it's like, God damn, good for them, you know, for sticking it out. So, you know, I don't know. I think here's the thing about money grab. I mean, th- it's their job. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's a way to go out there and to make some revenue to feed your family, then you fucking do it, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, and I, I think that there's, there's ethics and, you know, there's some, you, you want to be taken seriously, but you know, I, I like that a lot of those bands are still out there and doing it. And, and a lot of them still sound great, man. I saw, um, I saw Warrant and Firehouse recently, and both those bands sound better than they did in the eighties. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, C- so, CJ uh, Snare's voice is amazing, and it always has been. That guy blows my just, mind. It's crazy yeah. how good that guy can still sing. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, you know, some people just have that that gift. You know, and and uh, he certainly does. Yeah, Sebastian Bach too. He's another one. But, he can still do it. Sebastian's yeah. a buddy of mine. Um, and, uh, so, you know, that guy, and I, it's funny when I mentioned Skid Row, cause I always worry that people are going like, to get in the comments <laughs> or whatever, cause they know that me and Sebastian are buddies, but you know, I, I'm a fan of that band. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, but Sebastian can still wail. That dude can still sing. It's, uh, it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, but yes, like when you talk about like relevancy, it's like with you guys, like, what I see, especially your presence on social media, is you're killing TikTok. I think I like every time I'm scrolling, I'll stop and watch because there's always something. It's it's like not even just like funny stuff. It's also like I didn't like fun facts and stuff that no one would know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was jumping into like the TikTok game because a lot of musicians hate it, and they'll be very honest with you about it. But was that hard right. to do, or was it just easy? It is so right up my alley. I'm a theater kid. <laughs> And it, I really, I kick myself. It's just like podcasts. Like I got into podcasts and I, 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 I I got this really big audience really quick, but I didn't pay any attention to it. And by the time I started to really, oh, okay, well, I'll take a podcast seriously. I kind of missed the boat, you know, like it's really very hard to get people to listen to a podcast these days. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is people are listening to this right now and going, well, wait a minute. Everybody listens to podcasts. That's true. But everybody also has a podcast. Yeah, I'm one it's of them. So <laughs> exactly. It's so watered down. And so you, you know, you, you, you know, you, you have to really, really work hard at it. The same thing has happened to me with TikTok. I started a TikTok. I got a lot of followers really fast. And then I just didn't pay attention to it. And, you know, for a couple of years and had I, you know, cause even when I would post on it, people would be like, isn't that for little kids? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so, you know, but, um, and obviously it's not anymore no. if it was, but, uh, you know, I wish, I wish I'd have really, you know, but I'm having a ball with it. I have so much fun and, you know, my, my family's cool about it. like my wife will let me stop in the middle of pretty much anything we're doing. Um, you know, obviously there's exceptions, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and like, Oh, I, got, I should film this and then I'll come back and I'll do something with this later or you know, and she, she writes, sometimes she'll just be like, Hey, this is a good TikTok video. Do this. 
and you know my kids are the same way so uh, I enjoy it it's it's it is very uh, it is very tapered to my personality you know of of me just talking to nobody but it could be anybody yeah I I, I really do thrive in that environment. So thank you for the kind words. I, I definitely um, am enjoying doing it, and uh, and I mean it it it's uh, it's really fun for me. I do over obsess sometimes, though. Like I will, I'll have something else to do, and I spend four hours on a thirty five second video, you know, and then it doesn't do well, and I'm like, damn it! You know, <laughs> oh yeah, that's part of the game. Yeah. Um, it's fun. I'm just thinking, like a lot of the people, like because it's around my age, maybe a little younger. The probably the biggest demographic on it, and yeah. and uh, I was just wondering, like, like the like because you sang the Phineas and Ferb theme song, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I wonder if a lot of people know that on TikTok, and it's. I think you know most people. It's it's funny because I have people that follow me because I'm Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I have people that follow me for Phineas and Ferb. I have people following me for Bowling for Soup, you know, and, and it's, and sometimes when the three, when the things cross over, people will go, whoa, I didn't even know that that was a thing, you know, or I didn't know you were doing this or, and so, um, I mean, that's one of the cool parts of it is that, you know, people that discover you are, just, I mean, it's still every single day. Yeah. I get one comment or two or five or 10 where it's just like, holy shit, I can't believe you're even on here. You guys were my favorite band, or you guys helped me through a breakup, or you guys have always made me laugh, and um, and so you know, it's uh, I, I feel like also TikTok, it's you know coming from from a, a world of like making videos for YouTube, YouTube that that audience they're so mean. I mean, everybody on YouTube is fucking ruthless, and the thing that I found when I switched to TikTok was it's a really positive for me at least. And, and everything that I interact with, um, it's a very positive environment. And people will shut it down if somebody starts to be a dick. Like everybody just goes, nope, that's not going to happen. And, uh, and I like that aspect of it. It's nice. Right. Awesome, man. Um, with um, your genre and the bands, your peers who are touring now, is there still a sense of competition like maybe there, that there was when you were first starting or is it more now just like, Hey buddy, what's up? There's where I'm playing. Like, like a more of a camaraderie thing. Well, for us, I mean, it, we really didn't have the battle of the bands thing. Um, once, I mean, really even by the time we got to be really popular, even here in Dallas, in the late nineties, the venues did a really good job of keeping us all in it together by doing nights where you could go in vi various venues for one price and things like that. So uh, you know, there was definitely competition, but it, it wasn't anywhere near like what it was, you know, when, when you're a kid and you're in a band and all that. But, man, the the thing that we had going for us, all of the bands that we're friends with and, and most of the bands that we tour with, was Warp Tour. Mm -hmm. And Warp Tour puts you on a level playing field. It didn't matter who the fuck you were. You still didn't know what time you were going to play. You still had to load in your own shit. You still had to stand in line to eat like everybody else. It was, and every summer you did that, whether your band was king shit that year or not, you, you same rules for everybody. And it was, it was nice. Cause it was like, we all had to come and go to camp every summer and, and, uh, so, you know, really in our genre, to me, I never really felt that. I know that there's a few bands out there that don't get along, but um, quite frankly for me and, and any of the bands that I've mentioned today or any of the bands that you've ever seen us on the road with or 
the ones that we interact with, you know, um, the competition thing for me, I'm a don't hate congratulate guy. Like I think anytime anybody wins, it's good for music, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, I root for everybody. I love when people win and, uh, you know, and to me, I don't, you know, it's like, I was actually, I made a point last night on somebody's Facebook post and it happens every year. The rock and roll hall of fame thing comes out and people are pissed because such and such is up for it. And there, and the, the thing that people fall back on is always, well, they shouldn't be in because such and such isn't in. And I'm like, that's the most fucked up <laughs> argument ever. Like, why do you take something away from somebody because somebody else doesn't have it? Yeah. Like, that's not the way life works. You know, like that it's the, it's the, we shouldn't have to tear somebody else down so that somebody else can get what they deserve. They didn't get it. That's sad. That sucks. But it doesn't mean that these ones shouldn't. Right. And I'm, that's the way that I am with, with everything, man. I just, you know, I mean, I think if somebody gets an opportunity that, that, that might've been something that, that we would have been up for, or, or that, you know, that I think we would have done a good job at, it's still, it's just awesome, you yeah. know, that they win. Yeah. I like when people. Win. Yeah. And that's a good, um, that's a good mindset to have. And especially in the Texas scene that yeah. country music, too. but before that, I, ha- I have to ask you one thing and this I wondered even before I started doing Ray's Rowdy and doing the podcast and stuff, unlike, okay. unlike, uh, the lyrics in 1985, I am a big Limp Biscuit fan. And yeah. I was wondering, is there beef there? Like, was there beef there? No, no? definitely not. I mean, we weren't big enough to be on, even on their radar. Um, I had heard that perhaps they were upset or that at least Fred was upset with us, you know, at least about the, or, I mean, you know what I really equate it to is, is like, I would assume that like he didn't lose any sleep over it. Mm. I, I bet he was more just like, what a little shit, you know, <laughs> like he was probably just like this fucking guy, you know, because, you know, I mean, it, 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 it was just done obviously in jest and, um, you know, uh, but no, and you know, um, and me, and there's actually a TikTok right now out, uh, about me and Aaron Lewis meeting up at Reading Festival and us bearing the hatchet yeah. and me telling him there's no hatchet, you know, yeah. like there's no hatchet. Like you, you're the you're the face of this. It's your tattoos and your head mm-hmm. that everybody sees when they think about this kind of music. It's your head, his red hat. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> and you can't run from that. If you you're an easy mark, dude, and it should be more of a. You know, I hope I hope that you can see it as more of a sign of respect of like, hey, we wrote this song about bands that are mad at their dads, and you're the guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and um, yeah, he, he seemed to, you know, we we definitely uh, we definitely made up, and and uh, but no, no beef. We've never had any uh, that I know of. <laughs> don't have any beef with anybody. Yeah, he seems like a pretty pretty nice dude, at least nowadays. I, like when you look at the stuff he puts up, he seems really laid back. So you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think I I only know things that I hear and, and you know, that's that's only as good as the person telling you, you know, and so I who who the fuck knows. But I can I can say that he was very kind to me and my ex wife and uh and and the rest of my band and they the, the I don't smoke, but they all got very, very high and everybody <laughs> was very, very happy. So uh it, it was a it was a glorious day. Yeah. If there was a hatchet, then it was buried. There, if there was a hatchet, it's buried. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere on a racetrack. <laughs> but um, so uh, let's talk about your uh, solo uh, 
country album and story yeah. behind that, man. Um, so I'm I, with Ray's Rowdy. I do write-ups and articles and stuff in addition to this. And I focus a lot on the Texas and red dirt scene out there. Um, yeah. So when I discovered that you dropped an album, I was ecstatic. Um, so I guess, yeah. So what got you, obviously you, you grew up in Texas, uh, but like what yeah. got you into making music like Texas music, Texas country music, I should say. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, making a country record is something I wanted to do for a long time. Um, but I did, I, I didn't want to make a polished, you know, Nashville country record. And let me back up and say, that has nothing to do with what I think about Nashville country. It doesn't matter whether I like it or not. It was really coming from more of an organic sort of production side of things because Bowling for Soup is a very, very polished band. Like our stuff is very tight and very, there's a lot of spit shine, you know, and, and everything is really, really uh, meticulous and, and that, you know, and, and it sounds funny to say that about a band that doesn't take themselves seriously, but that's reality. Yeah. And I wanted it to be looser and I wanted it to sound like the country that I grew up listening to with my parents. And uh, so Texas country is something that I listen to. It's something that I have friends that do. And uh, so it's just, it sort of just became like the, what do you say? The, um, the obvious, you know, the, it was the obvious place for yeah. me to reside in the red dirt area. We say Texas, but obviously it includes Oklahoma and Colorado and, even when we're, I'm up there, it's funny. They say Texas country, yeah. but it's like, and this guy's from Oklahoma City, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it just, I, I find the music to just be re I, I, way more relatable, less cookie cutter. There's cookie cutter aspects to it, but there's cookie cutter aspects to all music. Um, but, you know, you find it very difficult to like hear one song and, and be able to sing the next song to the same chords in Texas country and in Nashville, that's not always the case. So um, I just wanted it to be unique and organic and I wanted to make like a Willie Nelson record. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what I did. And uh, you know, it came out uh, better than I thought it would be. If I'm being completely honest, I really didn't expect to it to be as good as it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh which is, I, it's got to be weird to hear somebody say that, but it really, I honestly, did, I don't know that I had that much confidence in myself. Um, so I'm obviously very proud of it, and uh, we are, um, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. The band's been together a little over a year now. Record's been out about a year and a half. We're on our third single. Uh, it is so close to top 20, it's not even funny. And, um, you know, just... Uh, having a ball doing it, man. I bought a, I bought a, I traded in my wife's car and got a van. <laughs> so I'm back in the van again. That's what you wanted, and right? <laughs> that's, I had to do it, man. I had to do it. Awesome. But yeah, when, yeah, when I saw that, when I saw that that album dropped, it was like, I didn't know what to expect. I knew I was going to like it anyway, cause I'm such a fan, but like, I was like very surprised at how, what, like, it just seemed like you slid so easily into that genre. And it, it yeah. was just so impressive. Thanks, dude. I mean, you know, growing up here did not hurt. Um, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I, it was a very easy transition. That's for sure. I mean, the writing really doesn't change. 
I mean, I can play you a Bowling for Soup song on acoustic guitar and play it the way that I wrote it. And you're like, oh my God, that sounds country. Because they all just do, you know, when they're all written. And then it's it's this, you know, it's it's kind of putting all the extra things on it, putting a little, a little eh in my voice and <laughs> putting some fast drums and some harmony guitars on there and then doubling all of that, then putting about seven layers of harmonies and, you know, and then you've got a Bowling for Soup song. So, um yeah, it was a it was a fairly easy transition. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because, like, because bowling for soup songs are heavy with the storytelling, and yes. with country, yeah. that's what country is. So you saying that that kind of puts the puzzle pieces together. Like that makes a lot of sense. Thank you, man, and thanks for picking up on that. And yeah, that's the point. Like, I you know. I t- that's my my wife says it all the time. Like I'll write a, I, she likes all of my songs, but she's like the best ones are the ones where you tell stories, and it's it's uh, it's true. I mean, those are the those are the Bowling for Soup songs that resonate with people too. So um, yeah, it's uh, it you know that that's how I learned, you know, I guess to write songs was sitting there listening to Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings tell stories, Kenny Rogers, mm-hmm. Dolly Parton, you know, that those are. Those are some amazing storytellers. Yeah. Um, with when you started to work more in the Texas scene, was how would were your peers that you like? Uh, I know I see you. Uh, I saw you post with Bree Bagwell, who I've kind of worked with on uh, with Ray's Rowdy before, and her and like whoever else. Was it easy to get into that click? Because it can be a little tight knit. It might seem intimidating to like a person who's new to it. How how well did you get yeah. in there? Um, luckily for me, I had had, you know, I already knew Casey Donahue. Um, me and Randy Rogers had played on a uh, on a celebrity softball team together. <laughs> you know, old um, not old ninety seven. Eli Young band is from Denton, so I already had a few allies. Cody Canada, longtime friend of mine. Um, I had a few allies already, uh, and. What I found, though, was that it, Brie Bagwell's a Pulling for Soup fan, you know, and so for you know when when it was approached to her to put me on that first show, um, that's absolutely how I got it was because I'm in Bowling for Soup, and uh, we hit it off, and so now we've done a bunch of stuff. We have other things in the works that we're going to be doing together uh, in the next few months, and. Um, that's kind of been the story here on out. You know, I get a lot of opportunities. I'm going to be honest, um, because of my experience, um, in the music business and with Bowling for Soup. And then I have to prove myself once I'm given the opportunity. And so I've taken it very, very seriously. And, uh, I've been really lucky. The bands, the promoters, the radio stations, the venues, uh, everybody's been so gracious and kind. And, you know, we've had shows that really worked and we've had a couple that didn't. And, uh, but you know what, man, we, we got up there and we did what, 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 what I used to do in Bowling for Soup when I didn't know if people were going to be there. We just did the best damn show we could. And, and, uh, just, you know, that's what we're going to keep doing. Yeah. And I'd be, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. Uh, so the Texas scene, people think country music, um, nowadays, um, you got people like Co Wetzel, uh, like mm-hmm. Austin Mead, Reed Southall, mm-hmm. And it's leaning more rock, not leaning all the way, but you know, it spits out, it's like a web or umbrella. Uh, do mm-hmm. do you, what do you think of that? Like, do you, yeah. like it's genre bending kind of, is that, do you think it should be separated? 
or do you like should just let it fly? Because I, I personally, I love it because I'm a rock guy. Yeah. But what do you think about yeah. all that? I'm the same way. I'm I'm a big fan of diversity. Um, you know, I think I don't think it's anything unlike what Texas country and Americana music have been doing for the last however many years. Like to me, the lines of Americana are so blurred; it's hard for me to tell. Somebody, you, I swear to God, this is true. Usually, someone has to tell me that it's an Americana song or band. Like, me too. I, I really can't often fucking tell the difference. You know, like I'll be like, okay. So Americana is Tom Petty. And they're like, yeah, but it's also the Wilder Blue. And I'm like, that makes no fucking no. sense to me. Like, I, I, you know, I, but, and that's just it. Like to me, I think you have like a Cody Canada guy who came out of cross Canadian ragweed and that band was a rock band, you know, who did some country shit, you know? And uh, I mean, that dude was up there with a silver electric guitar sweeping on his guitar yeah. and shit. And like, you know, that they, they were rock and roll, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, I think that, I think, I think you sort of get to one place and then you're like, okay, this is teetering the line, but it's, uh, yeah, I love Austin Mead by the way. And, uh, I, I things I don't, I haven't heard, I'm going to be honest. I haven't heard a lot of Cole Wetzel, but everything that I've heard, I've really liked. Um, and, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, so I'm sure he's great, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, to me, it all just kind of, it, you know, it's not, it's sort of like, um, how like Blackberry Smoke, you know, finds it where they find their place all the time. It's like, where do you put that band? You know, uh, you put them on the country station, you put them on a rock station. I mean, they sound like they could go on a classic rock station, yeah. but that doesn't make it. Right. You know, it's, uh, but blurred lines are good. You know, I think blurred lines are good. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but yeah, uh, with Cody Canada, because I was actually going to ask you that earlier, but you already talked about it. But how, how'd you, um, with like Ragweed, I think they're, they're pioneers in the red dirt scene. Like there was nothing like that that I know of back w yep. until they came out and they pushed that whole rock thing forward. How did you mm -hmm. um, first meet Cody? Like how did that all come about? So it was back in those days, actually, uh, late 90s. And uh, those guys were doing a lot of colleges. We were doing a lot of colleges. Uh, we found ourselves doing a bunch of the same festivals and, uh, and then, and then started just running into each other on the road. It's very organic. Uh, and, and he and I stayed in touch. And so we've done a few song swaps over the years and it, you know, for me, this is always the biggest compliment in the world, but somebody that you, that you grow up and you, you respect so much, and then their kids grow up loving your band. That's, that's what happened with, uh, with them, you know, and, yeah. uh, so, and you know, Dirks, Dirks and I now text back and forth because he's, he's grown ass man now, <laughs> just such an incredibly talented kid, but you know, um, yeah, just, just, you know, stayed in touch over the, and you know, he was just always very, very gracious to me. And, um, anytime we ran into one another, you know, it was a, a nice hug and, and, uh, so I, I think the world of him, I think he is for sure on the Mount Rushmore of Texas country. Uh, and again, he's from Oklahoma, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him and, uh, and his family. And we just had a thing where his Shannon, his wife, who's his manager, um, you know, baked Rob's birthday cake for him when we were down in New Braunfels and brought it up on stage. And, uh, just, you know, they're, they're like family to us. And, and, uh, and I thank the world of all of them. Well, that's awesome to hear that. It's so tight knit that out West out there. That's awesome to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess, man, uh, what are, do you have any, um, 
I guess country and bowling for soup. Uh, do you have any upcoming work that you're going to be dropping soon? I know uh, you just put out um, shit. Forgive me. I can't forgive the forget. I can't remember the title. It, it's uh, songs that everyone liked or something like that. So that's coming up. Yeah, okay. That's, that's coming up. Well, our our first greatest hits was called "Songs People Actually Liked Volume yeah. One." <laughs> Uh, that came out a few years ago, and that was the first 10 years. Uh, our next one comes out, and uh, as if Bowling for Soup, in, in true Bowling for Soup style, it's very random. It's called Songs People Actually Like, Volume 2, the next six years. Um, <laughs> and so we're six years into our 30-year career. That comes out August, uh, late August. And uh, the new version of 1985, BFS version, is out there now, all intact. Sounds amazing sonically. Y'all can go stream that. Um Bowling for Soup on tour all uh, this fall with Mest and with Authority Zero coming to a town near you. We got big plans in January and in the spring next summer. We'll be out celebrating 30 years of Bowling for Soup and 20 years of a hangover you don't deserve. And um, country-wise, I got new music coming out. I got a bunch of shows on the calendar. So you can go to JarrettRayReddick.com, check that out, or BowlingForSoup.com if you're uh, wanting to see some pop punk. Oh yeah, man. Uh, and real quick, you mentioned uh, Authority Zero. Um, so I was looking at the openers for this uh, upcoming tour. Uh, what did you handpick those? Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty lucky in that. Uh, <laughs> you know, for most of my career, I've been able to handpick who we take on the road with us. And uh, so Authority Zero, it's another one of those man that we met. Uh, they had a, a hit called One More Minute that crossed over, and uh, we, we were on the road, I think at the time, uh, promoting Girl of the Bad Guys 1. I think this is pre-1985, because um, I feel like we were in a van, but gosh, we've known those guys a real long time. And Mest, we met in uh, 2003 Warp Tour. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's, it's a bunch of dudes that have known each other for a really long time out there on the road, so who knows what's going to happen. Right on, man. Well, that's exciting stuff. Um, I'm going to definitely try and I'm going to you're coming to Cincinnati, I believe. So I'm going to definitely catch yeah. that one. So, um, I'm yeah, I'm excited. And, you know, you should be too, like, that's huge. See you guys still going, especially you have that going on. You have your own podcast. You got your country album, everything. So that's awesome, man. And, um, it's nonstop. My, my son is 10. He said, dad, how many jobs do you have? <laughs> and I said, well, I used to say 12. Uh, and I, I said, I used to say 12 and I was just kind of kidding, but now I think I have more than that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Jarrett, man, thanks a bunch. It, it means a lot. I appreciate you hopping on here. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks everybody for, for checking it out. Yeah, uh, stay, stay on here for like a minute after I sign off here, if you don't mind, I will see if everything, yep. you know, uploads and stuff. But anyway, yeah. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this is Sam with Jarrett Reddit and this is Rowdy Alternative. Y'all have a good night. My boots were put good under your bed And I bet you could 